Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Well, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. I am Jill Coleman. This is Danny J. Um, it's the holiday week. Yes. Dude, December has flown by. It really has. But also, I... it's not happening fast enough. <laughs> so this week feels like the longest week. I don't know why. Like this week before. I'm taking all next week off and I'm giving the team the whole week off for the first yeah. time. So. We're going to see how that goes. We brought in a new team member to take over the inbox. And so like next week's her like first week on her own. So we're going to like yeah. see how it goes. But um, yeah, this week is dragging, man. But I'm <laughs> so, happy to see you. It so is. I feel like Monday was uh, a week and a half ago. It was two days ago. And uh, I yeah. don't know. Everything is a weird time warp right now. It is. And it's like, it's weird. Like people just need breaks. You know, I think what everyone's collectively feeling is just like, we need a break. Like this has been a lot this year, just in general, like the year's a lot. And for whatever reason, because of the holidays and you have Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's all right around the same time, there is this just collective feeling of like, it's the the year's done. Like the year's over. Even like my clients, you know, like none of my clients are really reaching out right now, even though they have like messenger access and stuff. I'm sure January 1, everyone's going to be dialed, but like, I feel like I haven't even talked to my client. They're just not reaching out. They're just not doing anything in their business right now. So I don't know. I mean, I'm here for it. I think we need breaks. I do too. I think December is a good month to just not do anything, to just <laughs> take a break. It really I mean, feels isn't that, that what way. they do up in Europe though? Like in Europe, they take the entire summer off. Yeah. They just shut down their business. They just go on vacation for months yeah. in Europe. That's I wish, it. I wish that we would more collectively do that. That was one thing I liked Same. about the pandemic. It felt like we were all collectively just taking a break. And so it, it felt like there was a lot less guilt about not doing something. <laughs> but then you have people like Hermosi who are like, work when other people aren't. And you're yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Like we should be, right? Because like, I don't think we could ever collectively all decide not to work because other people would be like, this is the time to get ahead. Like, <laughs> so true. God damn capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so, a capitalist. So I um, – this weekend, I was filming a documentary. So about a year, not quite a year ago, but last January, um, I was in Orange County and I met this woman in a bathroom. And long story short, she's a she makes documentaries. And we became friends and she said she wanted to do a documentary about my life. So she flew out to, or she drove out to Vegas this weekend and we had my dad on. I wanted to tell you this. Oh my God. So I asked my dad about this about a month and a half ago. And the long and short of it is, is I came from a sperm donor. Um, my dad has a lot of feelings about it, but it's really been pushed down, never talked about. And so I asked him if he'd be on this documentary and he said, sure. Well, he called me three days later. I mean, you could tell through the phone, like his voice was shaking. He was so upset. And so I went outside to take a walk. I'm like, Ooh, I got to take this call outside. And he was like, I can't do this. This lady comes over. She asked me questions. I'm going to punch her in the face. And I'm like, okay, wait, what? (laughs) I'm like, 
what does this lady have to do with anything? And he just went on to tell me how he had shoved all this down. He never had to think about it. And now I'm ripping off a scab and I'm making mm. things worse. And so he's not, he said, yeah, I agreed and I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, okay, like no problem. You don't have to talk about anything. And after about an hour of talking to him, I kind of talked him off the ledge and, and shared why I think it's actually important for him to share his feelings and what he felt about. So he really, uh, he told me that my, he actually found out that my mom was pregnant with my brother. It, like my dad wasn't involved in that conversation. Like she went behind his back to get artificial insemination. And I really believe that that was part of the start of his like addictions and his gambling, mm. gambling addiction. And so this is a lot of stuff that he never really dealt with. He just shoved it down. He you know, did his duty as a dad. And all that to say, um, I was very, very, very nervous about how this weekend would go and how the questioning would go. Because I got to the house before the, the crew came and he goes, oh, can I be mean to these people? And I'm like, why would you be mean? To, like, what? <laughs> for, for what? They're coming to your house to talk to you. Why would you be mean to them for no reason? And I guess that just like clicked in his head that he didn't need to be mean for no reason. And he did really, really great. He was so honest. He just, he showed some emotion. There were some times, I guess his hands were shaking and he sounded like he was going to choke up, but I was really proud of him. And I just want to say all that to say, I think that for people listening, I know we, holidays are coming and we all have family. A lot of us have family issues and a lot of us don't want to see family, but I think that there can be healing and there can be things that change over time. And it could take a very fucking long time. But at the end of it, he thanked me for, you know, having him do it. But Courtney was there too. And we were kind of sitting in the other room listening and we were texting each other while he was talking. And we're like, he's microdosing therapy. Like this is actually, (laughs) he will never go to therapy. But I was like, I think this is actually therapy for him right now. So Mm. it was, it was really cool to see. Well, go Dan. I'm yeah. that is like really awesome. It's just it is really cool and I'm sure it was really just a great feeling for you to see him start to just really release maybe some yeah. of the shame around it too and like it's so cathartic and it just speaks to also um his comfort with you. You know, I think it's hard for our parents to be vulnerable in front of us or show emotion in front of us, right? Because they probably have, it's your dad, man. They want to like be the solid guy that you come to. You're, you know, it's like you're the baby girl. So, you know, the fact that he did that, I'm sure is a lot because you, you know, made him feel safe doing that. And, and I think there's something, there's so much catharsis in talking about something, even that you don't want to talk about in the, the end of it. You're like, even like, getting emotional or even crying or something like that. You just go, oh, I didn't want to do that, but I feel just so good. I feel like such a weight has come off. Like if I just say it out loud, but it's so hard. So I just really commend him for ripping the bandaid off. I think that can be really hard, especially at an older age, you know, to be like, well, it's just down there. Like what he said is really insightful, right? About like, hey, I just put the lid on it, closed it up. Don't want to open that, you know, and it does take a lot of courage, like in your 60s to to look at that, you know, it's obviously, you know, you and I can sit here and be like, there's no shame around any of it, but yeah, maybe he didn't feel that way. So totally. that's really cool. Yeah. I was, I was very yeah. proud of him and it's definitely, I think for, you know, our parents' generation, it was just put the lid on it and it's never, you know, it's never going to come up. And I was like, if you're this angry about it still, then it definitely needs to be dealt with. If you are feeling that triggered after something 40 years later, then it wasn't buried for good. It was just buried to till when it came off again so i get through yeah i think this is a 
big step in healing for him. So anyway. Yeah. You know, I think it's important for our parents to see us go first and like really make it safe. You know, I think about that with my dad too. I think he has a lot that he still wants to share with us, but Mm -hmm. I think he just doesn't feel, you know, 100% comfortable in his feelings and things like that. So we've tried to like, you know, I think sometimes it takes a couple of cocktails to get him to like open up, you know, but I I think he, I think that I think he feels more connected to us when he can share the truth about, you know, being in the army and being in Vietnam and like all that kind of stuff that he went through in his younger years, you know, he didn't grow up with money and like, you know, just all the things that he went through. And I think if we can make it feel safe, I think they really do want to talk about it if they have that safety, if they have that safe container, which it sounds like you created for him. Yeah. When's the documentary coming out? What's up? What's going on with it? So not really sure. I guess the goal right now, a big thing is funding. So I don't know anything about documentaries. Mm -hmm. And when we first filmed, she called me, she was like, we have to raise money for this. And I'm like, oh, so how much money? money? I don't know how this works. So the goal right now is we were having a conversation and a friend of mine recommended try to get it uh, sponsored by 23andMe. So right now, She's taking the filming she's already done, and I think she's going to make a kind of a demo reel. And her goal is to send it to 23andMe and see if we can get them to pay for the whole thing. So that's kind of where we're at right now, as far as I know, because it's hard to move forward without a budget, Um, you know, editors and, uh, you know, sound people in time. So, so far, you know, she's done everything on her own dime. And so it's got to be. I didn't realize how much, you know, movies and documentaries and things cost, but I guess, you know, everything sure. is a cost unless you can, sense. unless you can do it yourself, unless you're the editor, but she's, you know, she's in her 60s. She's not an editor. She's more of the visionary and putting the story together. So. Well, I hope that it gets made. Yeah, soon. me That'll too. Me too. Um, all right. What are we, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, a couple of things. I've been seeing some things online. Um, this is, kind of going to go in a marketing conversation and we've talked about coaching industry and scamming and you know what's real and what's not real and I I had a conversation with somebody online and I was asking about investments if they do any investing and they they said that they only invest in people who have joined their own mastermind and I was like okay that's fine you know like you have to have parameters you know Jill and I were in a mastermind um in 2017 2018. 2018 yeah and I would imagine um, that mastermind, if I needed some kind of fundraising or something, I could go to him and he would be likely to help out um, because we were in the mastermind versus if I was just some stranger on the street. And I'm sure with you too, you know, if you have clients who need promotion, you're going to promote them probably more than just some random person who's in your inbox. Makes sense. We work with people that we, that work with us. So I was totally fine with him saying that he only um, invests in people that invest in his mastermind. But then he went on to say, I only invest in people who invest in themselves. And I just kind of took that as this like, no, you don't, because you don't know, (laughs) you know, maybe I've invested in myself with like this other mastermind, but, and I need, you know, I'm asking for help from you, but I didn't invest in your mastermind. So you don't necessarily invest only in people that invest in themselves. You only invest in people who invest in you. And it's totally fair to say, I mean, it's totally fair to do that. I just was annoyed by how it was said. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to start with this conversation of there are so many, and this is a good time of year where people are promoting their masterminds for next year. They're 2024, work with me as a coach, get into my mastermind, get into my coaching program. And the messaging is like, a lot of it is heavily talking about if you want to go far, you need to hire a coach and you need to invest in yourself. And I've used that messaging before. I've told people you need to invest in yourself. 
but I've also used it in the, um, in the way that I'm like, you need to invest in yourself <clears throat> in my program. Right. And I'm like, is that, is that manipulative or is it just, you know, true? And the truth is, is I do believe people need to invest in themselves, but I don't always believe they need to invest with me. I'm like, hey, I will even say, and I've said this in a lot of my marketing is if you don't hire me as your coach, find someone as your coach. You know, if I'm not the one for you, you still are going to need help. I still highly recommend you find somebody who you fits with you. But I do find it a little bit, I, I don't want to say scammy, but kind of, I don't know what other word to use. I do find it a little bit scammy or just icky, maybe when I see coaches really pushing this invest in yourself narrative, but they're almost not even subtly saying invest, you have to invest with me. I'm the only one, but sometimes they're just outright saying, you know, give me all your money. I'm the only right person to invest with. And this is going to get you far. And I just feel like that's a little bit icky and quite frankly, manipulative. So I kind of wanted to talk about that and get your thoughts on it too, because you Mm -hmm. also, you also have a coaching Mm -hmm. program. You also ask people to invest in yourself and Mm -hmm. you also are the beneficiary of that quote investment. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a little bit, um, self, I don't know. It, it's helping yourself. It's a little bit selfish in a way to say you need to invest in yourself. Also, I have a $20,000 program. Um, you should invest mm-hmm. in me, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And it's interesting because I think we're what we're talking about is kind of like two separate things. And I'm glad that you kind of said, I've, I've used the sort of messaging, right? Where we're talking about it, the messaging, if I'm mm-hmm. promoting something. And I will, I will definitely validate that I think and I've t- told this to my own students. I'm like, hey, you know, if you're asking for someone to invest in you, right? You need to be investing in yourself mm-hmm. to show them it's safe, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so to me, I would personally, and this is a different take, I would personally feel out of integrity saying you need to invest in yourself. That's a that's a value system. You have to invest. If you want a different outcome, you have to invest with someone and then not invest myself. Mm-hmm. So like, I think there are people who will say, you know, um, you need to invest with yourself or like investment is the key to success or it's the cheat code for success, but then themselves are not like think about, and I'm thinking about just my, some of my students that are in fitness and nutrition and they're, I think it's the thing that you always say is like, take care of the little things like, Hey, you have pe- like you have these people and you're telling them and you're so like, why aren't they investing with me? Why aren't they? I do think there's an energetic to this thing. I do. There's, there's an energetic sort of full circle that has to happen. Now, I don't think that's quantum physics or whatever, but I do think that you will show up way more authentic and way more in service if you walk your walk. So Mm -hmm. to me, that's sort of where I fall on it is like, and yeah, there've been years in my business where I haven't invested maybe, or I've been, I was, although I will say really, it's only been like, it was the years I was going through separation divorce that I didn't, but 2018, since 2018, I've invested every year. And so I do believe this idea, and this is just my value system and the growth mindset. And I think you agree with this. So I do think that it's a valid marketing message if you too are doing it, mm. because you're also saying, Hey, there's congruency here. I walk my walk. Yeah. I think the people who will say you don't have to invest in yourself or like, maybe you don't are probably people who don't invest in themselves. Like Shantae and I come down differently on this. She's very much like, you know, I don't think you have to invest in yourself. Like, I don't think yeah. you have to invest with a coach. 
But if you want to, here's the parameters I would look for. Here are the criteria I would look for. Yeah, That's sort of my strategy. My strategy is like, look, if you want a different outcome, you need a different strategy. Like, And how, how, how could your business possibly get bigger? We're talking business here, but how could your business possibly get bigger if you know no inputs? Like you're just going to pray about it? I mean, no offense, but like that's not a strategy, you know, like hoping and wishing and like watching other people is not necessarily a strategy. It's so... So I do think that there's something to accessing new inputs, new strategies, but I will always caveat it like you do, which says, you don't have to do it with me, but if you are looking for mentorship, here are five things I'd look for in a coach Yeah, because I've made the wrong mistake. I've made the mistake of hiring the wrong person or being in the wrong mastermind. I've made that mistake. Yeah. So if you are thinking, it doesn't have to be me, but I will be honest, if I'm launching something, chances are I will focus those criteria on the things that I bring to the table. So I will say stuff like, hey, you know, if you don't like how someone sells you, like if you don't like the fact that someone found you through a cold DM, guess what? They're probably going to teach you that. Right. So like I'm, Uh, So I will say things like, you know, like how they reach you is what they'll teach you. So that's Shantae's as well, but how they reach you is how they'll teach you. So you have to look at, and I'm, I'm the person who's like, Hey, it's organic. It should feel easy. It should feel like this win-win. It should feel like a fit. Like, so if you want selling to feel organic and easier, then learn from someone who found you and sold you organically and easier. Mm. So I think there's, I, I do see what you're saying, but I think there has to be a level of integrity, uh, transparency and congruency. Yeah. You walk your walk if you're going to die on that hill of like, you need to invest in, in yourself. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the integrity piece is maybe this is where it was rubbing me the wrong way. And not that this was out of integrity right. necessarily, But it was how it was said when you say in one sentence, I only invest in people who invest in my mastermind. And then in the next sentence, say, I only invest in people who invest in themselves. I'm like, you kind of, yeah, you're benefiting too. Yes. Right. So it's like, if it benefits you, that's investing in themselves. But what do you determine is investing in yourself? So I think that's where things, you know what, it, I also just was reminded while you were speaking, I remember you had a gal in your mastermind in Mexico a few years ago, and she was selling fitness mm-hmm. programs. Yeah. And I remember she was struggling with her own rates. And she was like, well, I don't know why anyone would pay that. And then she said she would never pay that. And it was very interesting, like you mentioned congruency, is if you're sh- sharing something or trying to sell something that you wouldn't pay for yourself and you couldn't see why you would spend that kind of money, it's very difficult to share a message that you don't feel congruent in. So I, that's something too. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. But yet she too. had invested with me, right? Yeah. So right. it wasn't that she wasn't, she wasn't that she was averse to investing a lot of money. I investing with me was more money than she was charging her clients. So yeah. it's like, it's not that you are scared. It's just more like what you're saying, which is maybe she didn't truly believe it was worth it because she was like, maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm not going to get yeah. a result. Maybe it was like this imposter syndrome sort of thing. Well, and it was also the type of investing. She was like, well, I invested with you in business, but then investing in the body, like that was somehow not as valid of an investment, which was also an interesting mindset thing. But also she's the professional. So why would yeah. she know this stuff? So right. she wouldn't invest with a coach for fitness because she yeah. already, she's the fitness professional necessarily. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know there are plenty of people who are fitness professionals who also do their hire out their programming because they don't want to think about it. Yeah. So, you know, it is interesting. I, I really like this conversation. I feel like it's nuanced, but I do believe there is a percentage of coaches 
who do come at this from a predatory sort of way mm-hmm. where it feels very shamey. Yes. Like, oh, you're not investing yourself. It's almost like a better than club. I never want it to seem like, oh, people were better than or like these people are better than. And I think sometimes it can come off that way. Like, oh, if you're not spending – 50 grand on a mastermind, then what are you doing with your life? And it's like, well, I, I can invest in a course. I don't need to invest in a mastermind. Yeah. I can invest in a fucking book, right? Like anything that you're doing to me, investment could literally be like, I bought a book or investment could be a time investment. I'm, I'm listening to this podcast or, you know, something that's bettering me. So I don't necessarily think it has to be like money exchanged. Yeah. I just think it's going to be easier for you if you're selling something to also be someone who invests in something else. Because then you're just like, okay, I can see. Yeah. But I do believe you. I mean, I think we kind of see this the most in like the MRR space. Like, so if people don't know what that is, I think we've talked about that before on here. Um, master resale rights. And it really is like the the hook of this thing. If people don't know what this is, it's kind of like, I think we have talked about this before, but it's like someone initially created like a course to help people make money online, how to make courses. Yeah. And then it so it sort of starts to feel like a pyramid scheme where it's like, I'm gonna help you make money online. But then like then you you're selling how to make money online to other people. And then like, okay, see now I'm gonna teach you how to make money online. Yeah. So I'm like, what's the product? Yeah. Like, you know, like what's the what's the product here? Is it just trading information? It's just trading education. It's just teaching people how to create a course that makes money online. Like it's that, that feels like a weird promise to me. So this one is really interesting because it's come into my field recently and I've been tempted to do it. And I've been looking at all the angles and trying to figure out how you can do it ethically. And something that I've shared, and I've shared this with your mastermind clients and um, like some of your, some, I've done some trainings with some of your um, different groups was PLR, which is private label rights. And so I've shared with a lot of them, private label rights are very similar to MRR in that there's like eBooks, some of them are videos, some of them are courses and private label rights means that it's almost like a white label box of program. It's like programs. So there's eBooks, there's videos, there's courses, and it doesn't have your face on them. So let's just say it's a manifesting course and you can buy it on, like there's a site that I use called the PLR store. Um, you can go to the PLR store and let's say you buy this manifesting course for $3.99. Then you can repackage it, buy a domain, like let's say you want to call it the manifestcourse.com. You buy the domain and you take this already made course and you go and sell it for whatever you want, 67 bucks. So you paid $3.99 for it. And now you market this course and it's 67 and you just make those profits on and on and on. So most of the things I've seen on these are not really courses that you buy. Most of them are like freebies. So this would be checklists, downloads, things like this. So you pay like three or four bucks. Somebody already made it. It's a lead magnet and that helps you get leads. And then you sell the course or something that you make or your coaching. So I've, I, when I found out about PLR, I was like, this is fucking amazing. I wish I knew about this when I was in 2012, when I was building a brand and fitness and I could have had all of these things already made for me and given them away as freebies and like built my email list a lot easier. So to me, this is brilliant. It's great content. Um, a lot of it is really good. It's, it's well-researched. It has, you know, good graphics and all this shit on it and it's cheap. So to me, PLR makes a lot of sense and it's a great, it's kind of one of those secrets that I think a lot of people could know about and they don't know about. So recently I started seeing, you know, TikToks and reels on MRR where these people are like, I made $2 million this year selling a course on how to sell a course. So I've, I jumped into these people's funnels. I've entered my email to see what they do. And I've been trying to like pull this apart. Like how are they making money? 
And generally the course is how to build a course, which is fine. Like Amy uh, Porterfield has a course on how to build courses. This girl, Danielle, I forgot her last name. She, she does a course on how to build courses and she's made millions of dollars on this. And it's a lot of this course on how to build courses, but usually you take this course on how to build a course in your niche, right? Or niche, however you want to say it. So you take this course, you build a course in your niche. Like I want, let's say I want to build a fitness course. I don't know how, so I buy this $2,000 course and now I build my fitness course out. Great. This MMR, MRR, Master Resale Rights, is basically you buy this course kind of like PLR and then you sell the same course that you just bought. Um, you, It's already done for you, almost like a template. And then you just market it again. You buy your own domain and you market it and you just sell the course. So it's very meta in that like you're buying a course that's already done. You don't even have to learn the content in the course to sell the course. And I've struggled with this because over the last two years, after actually the last three years since the pandemic, um, I have helped client a client make over $2 million, $2 million in a course. I know how to build a course. I built his course. I've also built couple of courses of my own. I know how to do this. And do I want to build a course on how to build courses? No. Do I have people who are interested in that kind of thing? Yes. So in my mind, I'm like, it could be ethical for me to sell something like this, but there's something just a little bit off that I haven't quite wrapped my head around yet. Is that, is it ethical to sell this to someone and tell them that they're going to make money off it? Or does it have to be, do I have to really go out at the angle of take this content that I made, that I'm selling you, that I'm making profit on, and create your own shit. Because that's what I really feel like it should go. It's really weird to me to tell them to just resell a course on how to sell courses. But it's also kind of like MLM in a way, right? You know, I used to sell a skincare product and people didn't have to be a skincare expert. They can just say, hey, this shit works for me and I'm promoting it. So I'm in a weird place of like, I can't figure out if it's fully ethical or unethical. I've seen people online making a shit ton of money. And that's very enticing, of course. I also am a little bit iffy on it, the claims. So I feel like they claim with MMR, you can make so much money because it's quote, pure profit. But I know as somebody who's done digital marketing for over a decade, it's not that fucking easy. So to buy a course and just resell it doesn't mean you're going to make all that money back. You need to have a good marketing system. You an need audience. to have the launch system. You need to have an audience. You need to have emails. You need to have follow-ups. And maybe that all that content is in the course to tell you how, but it's not as easy as they make it seem. And I think that was problem with network marketing too. A lot of times the claims are you buy a business and you can make six figures and you can, but you need to have sales skills. You need to have an audience. You need to be able to communicate well with people. So I feel like, I guess maybe the part that's rubbing me wrong is the claims that you can make so much money when I feel like very few people do make that much money. But then again, I guess you could say that even if you take Amy Porterfield's course, I just feel like the claims aren't as high. Like, hey, yes, you can make money building a course, but I don't know. I feel like the claims aren't so outrageous. Like you're going to become a, you know, a millionaire. You're going to make six mm -hmm. figures in six months kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that's the genius marketing behind MRR because if you yeah. go to these accounts of these women primarily who are doing this that I've seen, they all have almost the exact same bio. They almost have the exact same aesthetic of their social media, like the same branding. And basically what I'm what I can piece together, I have someone in my mastermind who's not doing MRR. She's kind of doing her own version of that. Yeah. She created her own course and but a lot of her content is just on the content that's in the 
course that she's selling. And so her content might be like, you know, three mistakes you're making when you're trying to get more followers. And then it's like, read the caption. Like it's like these very generic, we're seeing this a lot right now, these reels and it's working for her. Like, I mean, I think she's added like, you know, hundreds of followers over the last couple of weeks. And, but if you go to these accounts and, and she's making money and she's, I, I know what she's selling because I've seen her course. It is like sound actual strategy, but so it's not someone else's course. It's actually hers, but it is very much like they're selling, making money online. That's the promise. So the promise isn't like, how to like put your ideas in the world or like how to like build a business from home and like have, uh, you know, have more time with your family. It's like how to make money online. And then you buy this course and it's like, then that that person goes, I'm going to make money. I'm going to teach you how to make money online and make money online, make money online. And like, that seems to be the only line. Yeah. yeah. And my client is doing something a little different. I think she like sort of went down that like sort of rabbit hole and then like kind of saw that it was a little bit not her jam. So pulled back and was like, actually, I'm just going to do my own version of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually just going to teach people how to create a course. Like I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to promise that like, if you make, take my course, then you can sell my course. I don't think she's selling her course. She's actually just using it as education. But I do think there's something, I don't even know if it's unethical because it feels honest. Like you're not trying to say you're not what you're doing, but it just feels like you're selling air a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I don't know that long-term you can be passionate about money. Like, you know what I mean? But I think a lot of them are just trying to build their audiences. Like, I think that's the thing. Because if it's a $400 course, yeah, th- the limit is always going to be how many people you can sell it to. So right. you have to ha- be building your audience. So if you're building your audience being like money-making tips online, right? And that's like your content. You're going to build your audience that way. Then you have more people to sell this $400 course to. Well, get this. This is what they're also doing, which is genius. Um, So there's this software called Go High Level. It's basically like if Mm -hmm. Kajabi and ClickFunnels had a baby, you can white label Go High Level as something else and then sell that software and make profit on it. Well, I've seen at least in this group of MMR people, and I don't know if they're all related or if there's multiple MMR. This is what I've been trying to piece together. I opted into two, three different people. Two of them are selling the same one. One isn't. So I'm still like kind of following all these people and figuring stuff out. I'm like funnel hacking and seeing what they're doing. But the two that are doing the same one, um, the it's actually a guy who did the course. So I went on one of their webinars and kind of watched everything. But what they have you also do is in order to get the white label course, you have to opt into this software called Captivation Hub, which Captivation Hub is white labeled Go High Level. And mm. when you get white labeled Go High Level, you get affiliate incomes on that. And so mm. now you're selling the course for 400 bucks to make your one-time, um, one-time fee. That's fine. But you have to have the software and pay on a monthly basis, $97 a month. So now you're getting an affiliate commission of whatever, I think 60 bucks. I don't know what the commission is. It's like 50 or 60%. So now you are getting that one-time payment. But if you get enough people who are also selling it and who are getting your Captivation Hub link, now you're making affiliate commission. So that's where it's genius on that part. I think it's very, very smart. The, that is, that- the other one that I've seen is Stan. Mm-hmm. That's another one, same ver- mm-hmm. same kind of thing. Go high level, the Stan store. Yeah. A lot of people are like, yes, set up your Stan store. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. an online virtual store. Yeah. And I think that that's an affiliate commission. Yeah. So it must be, there must be a handful of people who've started with the base. I'm really curious as to see if the course is the same. And if someone just decided to take Captivation Hub and Stan, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll just make my own go high level sh- site. Um 
it's it's all really interesting and i think in some ways that the differentiation is buying the course is you know you get the course or whatever i think in order to make it at least feel to me that it's more worthwhile or it's working is having some kind of group coaching part or q a place or something where you can share your expertise on what you know because my thought is that you can't just give people a DIY course on how to make a course and then just leave it. There's going to be questions. There's going to be things that people are struggling with. There's going to be roadblocks. And that's going to be very frustrating and sad when someone invests their $400 and they're maybe trying to figure out how to work from home and stay home with their kids. And they can't figure out how to make this fucking thing work. Um, yeah. But it's just such an interesting thing that's out there now because I, I'm kind of mm -hmm. surprised it didn't happen before. Um, or maybe it just was there and just because of TikTok, there's been a big, you know, mm -hmm. thing out there lately, or it's mm -hmm. just somehow just popped into my sphere. But, you know, I think you're talking earlier about, you know, if you are going to hire a coach, you are going to buy a course, here are some criteria to look for. Mm -hmm. I think those posts are actually really valuable because I think this comes down to just making sure that the... Um, that consumers are educated, you know, cause my whole thing is like, I always say one of my like favorite things to say is like the person who has the right to do it is the one doing it. Mm -hmm. I do believe that like some people will sit on the sidelines, have all the certifications, but never get into the game because they go, they're scared or they feel like imposter syndrome or whatever. And then you see someone who doesn't have any of the fucking certs, any of the fucking credentials, and they're just crushing it because they just had the audacity to just be like, well, fuck it. Like, I'll just learn on the fly. I'll just put it out there. What's the worst thing that happens? And the people on the sidelines are looking at those people and they're trying to police them. They're like, well, they don't have the certs and they don't have the, and I'm like, motherfucker, get in there. There's plenty of room in the game. You go in too. And so I think we have to recognize that I think it's going to be really hard to police the internet. I used to yeah. I dated this guy years ago and I remember he was a physician and he was very much around, you know, credentials and like who has the right to say it and scope of practice. And like, again, but he wanted to police everyone on the internet. And I was like, how are you going to do that? So I always think that it all comes out in the wash. You know, yeah. if someone's not doing a good job, that's going to get out there. Right. And I do feel bad because there are going to be sort of like some internet business casualties along the way where like some people are going to get burned. Some people are going to have a bad experience. Some people are going to lose money. Like I hate that, that that's probably going to happen, but eventually the people doing integrous work, good work, have results, have case studies, have testimonials. Those people are going to rise to the top. And the people who are not doing great work are going to get found out. So, but there is a level of um, consumer education that has to keep happening, right? Because I don't want people to just get taken advantage of. I don't want that either. But I'm also just like, so, but also if people are going to be consumers in this space, do your homework, yeah. you know, and and it's really as simple as, and that's why I love when Shantae says how they reach you is what they'll teach you because it really mm -hmm. is that simple. If someone is getting you on a sales call and it's like a high pressure situation and they're shaming you and they're making you feel bad and they're trying to guilt you in a part like don't invest with that person like this is common sense i know that it's hard because you feel like oh i this person's telling me i won't be successful unless i invest with them and like you know all of these sort of predatory responses but if you don't like that realize mm -hmm. that that's exactly what they're going to teach you how to do so you have to take ownership a little bit here while we can never please the internet and while I will, oh, people are definitely using predatory marketing. I don't think it's a majority of people. And I do think that the consumer needs to take some responsibility. And so we've done episodes, Danny and I have done episodes on this. I've done episodes on Fit Biz You about this. I've fucking written emails about this. Like 
here are ways to know, like me personally, like my coach has been doing this way longer than me even. So to me, that that was really important. Like okay. it was important that someone who I worked with had a deeper understanding and even more mastery than I feel like I have at 13 years in. He's been doing it 15 years and he has a business at 10 times the size of mine. So I look at that stuff. And also, does he have a business model that I like? Does he sell in a way that feels good to me, right? And so you have to take a little bit of responsibility and do your homework and not just invest with someone who just makes you feel bad because that's what they're going to be teaching you. And if you don't like that, chances are the people you're selling are not going to like that either. And you're going to fucking end up hating your business. So it's not going to be successful anyway. Such a good point. It's such a good point. I've seen, this also reminds me of back in the day. I haven't seen this as much lately, but a lot of coaches that were doing high ticket coaching um, and that their coaching program was teaching how to sell high ticket coaching. And it was just another kind of, it just felt very pyramid schemey on High ticket coaching, teaching how to sell high ticket coaching. It was, but there was no business ever. It was just the coaching how to sell. Right. So I don't know. I think it's just important. You look at you look at what their lifestyle is, how long they've they've stuck around, and some of those, many of those people actually that I'm thinking of in my head are gone now or doing something completely yeah. different. So you're totally also, like, right. Ask it for, does come out. Ask for referrals. Ask for testimonials. Be like, hey, can you yeah. point me to some people who worked with you like for a long time? You know, like, yeah. and if a coach. Um, box at that or a creator or, uh, you know, business owner gets pissed if you ask for that stuff, run the other way. Like anyone who's doing integrous business will have a fucking long ass list of people to send to you to, to reach out to. So, I mean, I do, yes, we can sit here and complain that, you know, the marketing can be predatory and, you know, people don't know what they're doing and all of that's true. And you're grown, we're grown ass adults. Mm. And so we need to take a little bit of responsibility and listen to our gut when some of that uncomfortable stuff starts popping up and just go like, my spidey senses are going off. That doesn't feel, well, you were saying about MRR. You're like, something about it. Like, I just can't put my finger on it. Like, something about it. So chances are, even if you decided to do it, like, you probably would still have that feeling of like, ah, I don't know. I need to make this my own. Like, maybe I'll add some coaching to this or I'll, I'll do something that makes me feel like I'm really adding more value or making sure I'm doing right by my people who invest with me. Yeah. 100%. It's interesting out there. There's some cool stuff, weird stuff, all kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, I'm questioning myself on it because I have been a fan of PLR. And so MRR seems not that much different. So I've I've been kind of wondering what is my issue around it and, and all of that. And so, you know, and this is like for people listening, if you are looking like you maybe you haven't created something and you're like, I want to make money online. I don't want to create something. Look up stuff like PLR, go to the plrstore.com and see if there's things that you are really interested in and maybe that are already done and I don't know, see how that works for you. There's a lot of, there are a lot of resources out there and there's ways to make money and it does you don't always have to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. So, you know, don't take what, take what I say with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm really running a lot of this through my own experience and trying to figure it out. I've actually been really curious about this model and I don't know. I may, I may try it. I've been thinking about it for, for like two months now, to be honest. So we'll see. I'm we should still do a digging. dedicated episode. Yeah, we should do, definitely do a dedicated episode on even just best practices for network marketing. If you're going to be doing it, I know that you, you know, had yeah. a lot of success with it and you did it in a really integrous way. So maybe we can do that uh, as well. Cause I know a lot of people are 
wanting to make it work. You know, a lot of people are yeah. like, oh, like buying into like the, you know, the sort of outcome, right? Oh, I want to be able to work from home, make millions, whatever. But yeah. you and I both know there's a lot of steps in between to get there. And there are a lot of best practices. There's at the end of the day, I think the, the like in summary, there really is just no such thing as a get rich quick scheme. Like I just don't think like at the end of the day, whether it's this business model, that business model, that business model, y'all, we got to fuck, you got to work hard and you got to work smart. And so I don't know that there's any shortcuts. I think this is just a different version of, you know, just different outfit, same thing. And so really just trying to figure out the one that works best for you. Definitely. hundred percent. Cool. Well, let us know what you think. Um, go over to thebestlifepodcast.com. That's our website. We have all of our episodes there. If you're curious about just certain topics, you can click on the episodes. There's a little search bar and just type in word. I know somebody in our DMs was asking if we had any topics on divorce. And I was like, yes, we have a ton. Um, <laughs> and uh, specifically yeah. infidelity. But if you're looking for some specifics too, if you find us on Spotify, find the Best Life Podcast on Spotify, we actually have some playlists. So we have things from entrepreneurship, we have money mindset, we have um, communication, we have the affairs stuff, relationships. So if you like this topic in particular, and you're interested in more down the lines of this, check out our playlist on Spotify. That way you can like really go down the rabbit hole of the episodes you're interested in. And other episodes that you might be interested in. We love, love, love your suggestions. So hit us up on our DMs um, with any ideas you have or go to thebestlifepodcast.com, click on our private Facebook group and post in there. We'd love to hear from you. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to this discussion and uh, for your time and attention as usual. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.